on social media at Dash with Flash and at your podcast catcher of choice with your host, Phil Masons and Scott Fiedler. Welcome to the canteen. Hey, Feeds, let's head on over to the canteen. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. Great one. Uh-oh. Welcome to the canteen. My name is Phil Masons. He's Scott Fiedler, and we are broadcasting from the canteen at Brookwood Camps. Send us your most precious gift, and we'll return them back better human beings. The Sports Academy at Brooklyn Camps has several programs. We're going to talk about them. Amazing instruction, fantastic campers, and we're picking up people daily, so you want to jump on that train. We're going to tell you how in a minute. You can catch this show every day at 7 p.m. on CSN Sports Radio. You can find it at philnasonshow.com, and you can also find the show at your podcast, Catcher of Choice. What a good run we've had. You know, I got to tell you, I bring on a lot of guys on my show, and most of them are very good. Now, you're technically a horse racing handicapper. That's your name. Mm -hmm. Even though you know quite a bit, and enough so that I brought you on my show last week to talk college basketball, and you know the other sport's pretty good too, but you were 8-3 and in your appearance and together with me privately, when I, you know, I had my show at the beginning of the week this week, and you were on vacation, eight and three for you is amazing. Dude. Congratulations, man! Big props to my boy Feats. You know, you know, it's funny. As good as I was, the great one, <laughs> the great Phil Masons, ten and one, ten and one. You know what kind of coin you'd be making if you're following this man? I mean, eight and three, I thought was good. And it was amazing because, yes, I wasn't on the air for the Elite Eight, but I did tell Phil, I hope he put it on the air. I didn't listen to the show yet, that I was in full agreement with his four picks. We had discussed them before the show. So I don't know if he gave me props on the show or not. No, I did for uh, sure, twice. Okay, now we're talking. So, uh, you know, it's been an amazing run. And, uh, you know, I think uh, the end of the show, we'll talk some more. We'll talk Final Four and see... uh, if we could keep the streak going, but yeah, uh, that's let me tell let me tell you something. I, I I will tell you this, Phil. I think one of the hardest things to win money in gambling is the NCAA tournament because of the unpredictability. Right. And my God, you have been lights out. If people aren't following you, they're crazy. You know what? Really, my greatest regret was is that we didn't do the first show that we'd planned. Yep. Because we crushed that too, but I, it doesn't really count. Count, but no, you know what we, we were doing, we, and I did yeah, pretty we well there too. We we both did actually. That was yeah, uh, of course. You, you know did. that was where that was where we caught the stat. You know the the great stat um, about uh, turnovers leading to points that really helped us uh, rock this tournament. Yeah, that was your pickup, by the way. You were just <laughs> a random watching, turned the TV on, and there it was, and you went, "Holy crap! I got to tell Phil about this." And, That's uh, for sure. And I've never been one of those uh, points from turnovers guy, really. I, sometimes I think it's subjective based on your conference. But it's been a great stat. You know, they're even talking about it now on TV. You're kidding. They were talking about it the other day. We've, we've, at, made, it to, uh, we've made it to TNT with uh, TBS with Charles Barkley. He's talking about us now. It wasn't there. It was uh, CBS 
those guys were talking about points from turnovers. And I can't remember who else was, but someone else was, and it was their big focal point. And I had never heard that until you told me about it. And I don't think I've ever talked about it until we did. I'm more of an assist to turnover ratio guy. And that's still a very good stat, by the way. And when you use it along with the one Scotty found, it's amazing. But we'll talk about all that in a moment. And yeah, this run has been amazing. You know, I was in the hospital for a couple of days there and we couldn't do the show. I was way under the weather. I still am, by the way. But uh, it's been fun. A real good run. And we're going to, Scotty and I have this thing we've been talking about probably when we were in Long Beach, maybe the first time. And that was before the internet took off, of course. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make this announcement in a few, in a couple weeks. We're going to do something too with Cash with Flash and that sort of thing. So it's going to be real good because Scotty won the biggest online handicapping tournament for horse racing betters or handicappers quarter of a million bucks you can't shake a stick at that i i couldn't get a quarter of a million bucks betting sports in a year probably (laughs) that's true that's probably true most people couldn't even the pros i I would i'm just amazed by that like well it's the old you get hot at the right time too as you know you know yes uh, and uh thank goodness i got hot at the right time and it was just uh as they say you know a magical run. I had a great uh, day. I mean, listen, I, I am good at what I do that way. I've been doing it for years and years. And, uh, you know, let's put it this way. I definitely beat the best in the world that day. I beat sure the best did. in the and world. The and, I beat the, and, and I beat the best in the world other days. You know, if that was a one-off thing, I would have said, ah, you know, wow, look, I hit that once. You know, I've won their feature tournaments. I've, I, I've won handicapping tournaments on Breeders' Cup Day. Uh, not the big one yet. I haven't <clears throat> qualified for the BCBC, but I really haven't tried to. Um, so I think that's the next step is trying to go somewhere in that in that mode. I would. I would go as far as it takes you because that's, well, that's an amazing run well, too. I, I, did, I did qualify for the, you know, the NHC, which is the biggest handicapping tournament in the country. Uh, you know, that the, is a live tournament and it pays right. I believe it's over a million now to the winner uh, and you have to qualify for that tournament you cannot buy yourself in so you know you have to win a qualifier along the way before you even get there and that's uh, end of August of course the worst possible time this year because of the pandemic normally it's a February tournament which is the greatest time for me <laughs> right 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 yeah <laughs> But you know what? But, Camp will be winding down. You'll have a little time, probably. I hope. I hope so. You know. Uh, you know. You, you have to go to Vegas because it is a live tournament. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh, how cool! It works. That means we we'll, can go we'll, on a road trip. There you go. We could take the show on the road. How about that? Yeah. You know what? I, I didn't mean to like push your family out, but uh, no, no, they weren't coming. They're they're, they're they'll be vacationing during that. Week, I'll, I'll, so. I'm going there to chaperone. There we go. A deal. Yeah. Deal. That's a deal, and we could do a show think, after think, after the tournament. Maybe we could bring a couple of those guys on and really kick off our show that we have talked about. Or I, yeah, or we just do our our normal phone call as our show, fifteen minutes to heaven, I think, because you'll make money on that. <laughs> but anyway, we got a lot more to talk about than just our we do. our our, we our do. lucky our lucky hot streaks, mm-hmm. and they are luck. Believe me, a lot of it has to do with luck. 
But it's uh, all good. Lot, the only game I missed was Syracuse. The only against the spread there, matchup I missed was Syracuse. Yes. There's some skill involved, Phil. If it was luck, anyone could do it. So Well, I know. always consider myself you know what? I tell everyone this and whatever they want to believe they can believe, but I got lucky once when I was four years old and I was introduced to tennis and I've been lucky ever since. Even when I wasn't lucky, I was still lucky. Mm-hmm. I, I agree go. with that. I agree with that. So we want to talk some uh, Brookwood camps and some of the things. Yeah, let's talk about now. Again. When, first of all, what we want to do, people seem to be unclear as to when this camp begins. Now, go ahead. Tell us the dates, the opening and closing okay. exact, dates. Exact date, the exact dates are June 26th okay. to August 6th. It's the full six weeks. It's um, So Saturday, June 26th to Friday, August 6th. Is the full is the full camp season? You can come uh, for any two weeks session starting and only three different times. So you could start on June twenty sixth, July tenth, or July twenty fourth. That's uh, we're, we're being smart about COVID and trying to keep all the kids safe as well. That's why we're limiting it to three in as we call them inboarding sessions. Um, and then you know we do have some limited space for um, if kids just want to do a one-week academy program as well. Uh, what we've been getting, the good news is, is a lot of complete camp experience kids who want to try a bunch of the different uh, academies, want to, you know, be able to choose and, and choose what they do daily. So, um, you know, to me, the complete camp experience, you can't beat it. It's uh, You get all the academies are included. And the academies we talk about are baseball, basketball, dance, Football, soccer, sports broadcasting, tennis, and uh, lacrosse as well. Uh, we're hoping to have both men's and women's lacrosse this year. Just uh, trying to work some things out with our people and uh, the lovely NCAA that I know Phil and I will be talking about later um, <laughs> in the sh- in, in the show. Uh, you know, we, we can't get an answer from them for uh, you know Jeff Tambroni, the Penn State uh, lacrosse coach, who came up and did. Uh, lacrosse with us last year um so we're trying to get an answer of when their recruiting season will be and the schedule and all of that stuff right now but uh you know just to, to run you through the programs we have i mean they are tremendous it's unbelievable the people we bring in um, obviously jay my partner we start right there that's my brother and partner he was an nfl quarterback for 11 seasons Started for four or five uh, with the Miami Dolphins, followed Dan Marino, not the easiest thing in the world to do. And he runs our football program with a bunch of guys that played with him, Chris Chambers. Uh, he brings in some speed and conditioning guys that do uh, some work with the kids. So it, that's a tremendous program right from the get-go. Uh, then we'll go to you know basketball, myself, and a guy by the name of Chris Cummings who played with the Denver Nuggets. And then was overseas in Germany for the last, I guess, probably close to 35 years now. Um, of course, Chris is an American citizen, so he will have no problem getting to camp. Uh, he will come and quarantine first, and then he'll be at camp and ready to rock and roll. Uh, then we'll go to the Great Ones program. That would be the great Phil Masons in a tennis <laughs> academy program that runs all, all summer. He's... Uh, like I tell you on the show, he's as good as it gets. He's trained with some unbelievable uh, players. Um, 
Stefanos Sisipas is his latest, uh, I guess, his latest uh, great one or great one disciple, as we would say, from right. Phil. Uh, let's go. And Maria on. Sakari, too. They're both the same. Okay, there you go. Uh, baseball with uh, Leo Mazzoni, uh, Atlanta Braves Hall of Famer. Um, he was just inducted into the Atlanta Hall of Fame, I believe, this past uh, year. And um, for those of you that don't know Leo, he was a former pitching coach of the Atlanta Braves, coached three Hall of Fame pitchers. They won seven Cy Youngs in his time there. So if you're a baseball player, especially a pitcher, you cannot – get any better than Leo Mazzoni, and I've been friends with him for over 30 years. Uh, moving along, let's see, uh, our soccer program with the Manchester United guys, Gary and Eric, uh, has been an unbelievable, tremendous program. I know, Phil, you've had some podcasts and shows with those guys, um, and they do a terrific job in soccer. Um, our, our, sport for, our sports broadcasting program, is one of the top-notch pro broadcasting programs in the country. We brought in uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter and Steve Levy. Uh, we brought in NBC's Kenny Albert and uh, my good friend uh, Mike Breen, who does the NBA. So we've had quite a few um, guys for that, and it's been an amazing program. We even built a brand-new 5,000-square-foot uh, studio just for that program in itself. Um, our dance program with Miss Erica, uh, in a 3,300-square-foot um, dance center. So it's a, a huge dance center that uh, gives gives her enough space to work with a lot of girls. And Miss Erica uh, works at the Broadway uh, Studios in Manhattan, which is one of the top dance places in the world as well. And uh, we had mentioned the lacrosse programs with Jeff Chamberoni, and we're working actually on a women's lacrosse program as well. We do do one with my wife, Pamela Fiedler, who was a um, Division One player at Old Dominion. And we're working to bring in a few of her friends as well to help her out with that. Terrific. That's a terrific yeah. program. And you know what's funny about <clears throat> Brookwood? Is that you have a broadcaster that only went in that building twice. Two years ago. Me. And that, and I was going to say, that would be the great Phil Nasons. <laughs> yeah, but see, I don't never tell anybody about all that stuff, so... But yeah, I have a radio show, and I, I think I'm going to come over and help out a little bit. Maybe teach a podcasting class if I have time. Now, that what about the great. fantasy? What about the fantasy sports? Are we going to do that this year? Uh, we're going to try to put it out. You know, I think uh, let's see. We'll put it out there and see what we uh, what what grabs people and see if it's worth you know us doing it. I think it will be, um, but. You know, it's been, listen, it's been a hell of a run. It's been tough because, you know, as you knew in New York, they didn't let us open last year. Uh, they didn't let us know until about a month ago that we were going to be allowed to open. And it's been a whirlwind since they told us that. You know, we've really had a, a ton of inquiries, a ton of uh, a new business, a ton of old campers re-signing. So I think as soon as we get, as soon as the dust settles, we're going to throw out the um, fantasy idea. That sounds good. I would put it out there on my page, but you know what's funny? We did this at Caribou during a rainy day. Hey, hey, we're not supposed to talk of a competition. Oh, I'm sorry. When I was at another place, <laughs> um, we were at, we, that's, this is weird. This is how it actually happened. 
Is that- I'm sure it was a rainy day activity. And, 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 you know, just to give you that idea, um, one of the other reasons we're different than most places is we have a ton of indoor space. So like, unlike most camps, we don't stop on rainy days. You know, we have the 10,000 square foot indoor arena with two basketball courts, gymnastics area. Um, we have the uh, 33 square, 100 square foot dance center for, for that. And we could use it as a multi-purpose room as well as dance. Then we have the 5,000 square foot uh, broadcast studio along with a few, uh, along with the weight room and a bunch of different other places that the kids could go. So, uh, you know, we don't stop camp on rainy days. They're not sitting in the cabins. Yeah, that's right. You know, we also have uh, archery. We have little things that even if one kid is interested in, we have it for that pretty much. No, absolutely. Just about anything you want. Yeah, we have all the regular camp activities from uh, we have a four-mile lake. uh, We have a 5,000-square-foot swimming pool with water slides, water polo, racing lanes, you know, the whole nine yards there. Um, we have, like Phil said, archery. We have a golf driving range. Um, we have, uh, um, you know, mountain Art. biking. We have mountain biking. We have, art. you know, we have gaga ball, which the kids love. Uh, horseback riding for kids that are interested in that. Um, so, I mean, the, we have the whole gamut of uh, things, you know. Yes, art, you know, from arts and crafts the basics to, uh, you know, ceramics and computer stuff, the broadcasting program obviously covered in there where if you don't want to be in front of the camera, there's a lot of technical stuff for behind the camera, um, digital photography. So, um, you know, fine arts program, painting, tie-dye, theater, if they're interested in that, you know, so a whole bunch of, uh, you know, they can get everything they want. Uh, plus the great sports. I mean, listen, we're known for our sports. We do offer the other programs. Um, however, if you are a sports kid, we are the place for you. That's what I always tell people. Yeah, you definitely are. Or, or, you know? or an active, or an active kid, you know, that loves playing sports. You know, basically, a it's good... a smaller version of IMG. Uh, in a, in a way, I mean, we're very. I think we're a little different. Uh, you don't have to be a great. You know, to me. You know, where we are, one, it's a little more intimate. Two, uh, you know, you don't have to be, oh, my God, I'm going to be this great athlete, which, like I've always told you, I don't believe half of the people that go even are what they think they are. Well, I I know that. You know, you know that, and I know that. And it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of parents are fooled by people that will sell them a bill of goods and you know these people that are training kids now that are just you know as as you and i have talked about and i forgot you you have a great word for them uh what, what do you call them again the uh the muggles uh, Phil. no 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 what do you what you used to call them a word that uh something with a trainer that they just weren't real <laughs> and i can't remember oh what you, what you had uh I I can't remember it now, but it was a no. Great, I can't it, it remember great, it, but my memory is a little messed up still for a couple more weeks. But uh, yeah, but I usually call I mean, them wannabes. Wannabe might it might have been wannabe. I don't think it was, I don't think it, so. It was I was in more that, clever, was I'm sure. That, yeah, it was in that. It was in that mode. I was going to say wannabe. It was in that mode, but uh, it was in the mode of faker. You know that type of thing. But you, you I guess we call them gurus. Go, there you go. That was it. You called them gurus. 
<laughs> you know, Jay and I did a whole show. Jay came on my show, and that's what we talked about. Because, you know, one of the main reasons he got into doing what he does, because he could have coached in the NFL easy. Oh, yeah. Is because he got tired of looking at all the gurus. It oh, ruined absolutely. It I mean, is. well, we laugh all the time. You know, Jay does stuff on Long Island, and you got all these copycat guys and the... Uh, you know, uh, like a kid that played high school football and, uh, you know, was a decent quarterback in college. I don't even know if they started. And, you know, all of a sudden they're experts on how to teach quarterback play. You know, I mean, we had one guy, Jay, and I used to laugh. He would, like, show up to the facilities. We were working with kids and try to take notes on what Jay did and then opening up his own <laughs> training. So, right, right. You, you know, know, there's nothing wrong with – having the skills but needing to be mentored as a coach or a trainer? No, it's another I, I, thing I, I, when you no, just copy well, somebody else and do your own thing. Right. That's and, stupid. And let's, right. And let's put it this way. You know, Jay never says a no to anybody. So, uh, you know, I'm sure if the kid asked, he would have said, yeah, come down and work with us. And, you know, we've had guys that work with us that do their own thing, and that's fine. You know, I mean, as long as you're teaching the right stuff uh, – it's no problem. I mean, we have a, one of the guys that works with me with the wide receivers during the winter. You know, he's branched off a little bit and done his own stuff. He still works with us. And, uh, you know, I, I'm happy he's been able to branch off. You know, I'm happy for him. So, you know, we, we're never uh, – we're not hiding our, our stuff. You know, <laughs> we're willing to share it with people. Right, but right. To, but we want you to teach the right things. I mean, we've had kids that come back to us who've worked with other people and – talk about messing up the kids mechanics. I mean, that's the sad part of it too. I said that, you know, you have guys that are doing this that are actually messing the kids up because they're not teaching the right thing. Yeah. You know, that's why I work so good in camp because that's all I've ever really done is mess kids up. No, only kidding. Um, <laughs> but reality, no, no, one, no one, no one teaches a serve like you do. That's true. Well, no one alive anyway, but, uh, I don't think, I'm sure there are, but whatever. Do you remember when I used to do that five-minute serve? I was so arrogant when I was younger. You were. I could teach you how to serve in five minutes. Yeah. Well, not, not much has changed, by the way, in the arrogance department. Well, there, okay. that's true, too. But you know what? <laughs> Being in a, You know what? It's really strange. But in Greece, I never was. Ever one time. You know why? Because well, yeah, well, I, I you was... Got, you, got, you got humbled when you went to well, Greece. You know, when you're... When, you know, people, listen, you know, like you, we don't really talk about it, but uh, how important your health is. And when you get to what happened to you, you get humbled and everything. Well, that's just it. Now, that doesn't mean from time to time I'll say things. But uh, one of the things I will say is that the instruction, and I'm not putting Nick Bullet here. I love Nick, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, he took basically took my career away from me when he started teaching those big forehands and I couldn't serve a volley anymore. But that's another story for another day. What I think is that it's, I know for a fact, because mm -hmm. I only work with elite people in coaching now. I don't really bother with too many others, really. But mm -hmm. what Scotty and Jay have put together is an elite level of coaching in every sport. Even though things that you wouldn't think of we might have an elite person to teach. You know, we've got Big Aaron teaching at archery. Yep, tremendous. You know, little things. I, I can teach other things too, like fantasy sports or broadcasting. 
we have so many people who could do so many different things and it's an amazing place you're going your kids are going to get mentored there cuz the we keep it small for a reason you know we don't want <coughs> 30 to 1 ratios right that's what the end, gurus you know. do they sardine them in pack them in teach them bulldust and they end up confusing right. kids more but back to what i was saying because of my resort teaching well well let me let me just throw one thing phil just to add to you on that one you know a lot of the guys that we brought in have been handpicked by us that you know they they might be elite but they also understand how to work with kids you know a leo mazzoni is as, as elite as it gets but he also has a great touch working with younger kids you know and uh we, we've, you know, when we first started the Sports Academy idea, we talked about a lot of guys that might have had bigger names than some of these guys, but uh, weren't able to teach kids, you know, and that's a big thing. And Sorry to a, interrupt. Go for it now. No, that's okay. <laughs> but the the instructors there are top notch, okay, and top notch people too, and that helps. Um, most importantly, they're good communicators, and the fact that our classes are sm- a little smaller helps us you know for tennis we could have jammed that in in two weeks but Mm -hmm. scotty won't let me leave camp for five so i might as well have five academies there you go and that's the way it should be but anyway seriously for the price and i gotta tell you i charged a lot i charged personally a lot more for my week-long sessions with folks the price is right you're getting the best instruction you're getting a camp that is safe. That's the other thing. You know, I've been in places where they messed up and got people seriously hurt, could have gotten them killed, and never really wanted to take responsibility for it. I've never seen any of that at Brookwood. This would be my fifth year there. I'm gonna I'm counting last summer, so six. This way I finally can get a jacket so I get rid of that other camp jacket <laughs> that keeps me nice and warm. I should have just stole it when I was there because Scotty was when I when I showed up to Brookwood, <laughs> Scotty was so happy to see me. I could have got just about anything I wanted that day. That's that, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But that's the kind of folks we have. I'll be there in four weeks, and Scotty will be uh, taking me immediately from the airport to Lido Deli. Now we're talking. Joey Chestnut stuff, bro. Now we're talking. Any of y'all ever heard, ate at the Lido Deli? I, I hope some people have, my man. Because my you know what? Wally. We lived on that for a winter, didn't we? Yes, we did. I lived on that through COVID. See? <laughs> yes, right. You did at your mom's house. I forgot. That's right. Anyway, let's get on with the show now. We're, we're getting yep. getting a little off track here, maybe. Or yep. maybe this is the way it's supposed to be. Who knows? But I like some order in the courtroom here. I'm, I'm watching I'm Court you. TV again, Feeds. I got to tell you, I'm riveted more than the OJ trial. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You know me, because when I would get home in the morning from t- teaching tennis, I'd be watching court TV. Scotty would be upstairs working, and I'd be with Madison watching court TV. Love that show. Anyway, we've got Indiana. Indiana hired Mike Woodson. That was fantastic, in my opinion. What do you think? Was that a good move uh, to hire Mike Woodson? Yes. I think uh, they needed to go back to their roots. I think they tried to. You know, the problem they had at the beginning was I think they were trying to get away from Bobby Knight because of all the late issues in his career. Right. That they that they foresaw. And, of course, the uh, idiot president that fired him at the time. And uh, I think Mike Woodson brings a lot of that back. 
Um, you know, people talk about Mike Woodson. Oh, well, he doesn't have college experience and he doesn't, uh, you know, have recruiting experience and all of all of those things. And I think, you know, Mike Woodson's a smart enough guy that he's going to bring people in to work with him that are qualified to do that. I mean, uh, Indiana already has brought in uh, um, Dad Mata as a. I don't know if you saw that, Phil, as, as a uh, – I think he's going to do some basketball operations and be a, an assistant athletic director. I saw so, that. That's a good move also. I think it's a tremendous move. I mean, and, and like I said, Mike Woodson's not a type of guy that's going to, you know, oh, it's my way and the highway and whatnot. I think Mike Woodson's a guy that's gone through his career listening to what, you know, what people have said. I think he's going to need that at the beginning with recruiting and – and that stuff, but you know, in today's world of uh, college basketball, you also need a guy that that you know, working from the NBA, um, you have to be a player's coach in a way. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Right. And and now with this transfer portal, um, it's making it extremely difficult not to be a player's coach as well. I mean, I read an article today that there are already. 1,100 kids in the transfer portal for college basketball. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. And it's, uh, you know, and you look at these things. I mean, look at even um, UCLA going, which was a great call by you last night, going to the Final Four. And uh, what's the kid that uh, transferred from Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken, right? One of the kids they had there was a Kentucky transfer. Yep, he was. He was you know, but that happens because, you know, but Kentucky gets all the these blue chippers and the kid never gets to see the court. Yeah. Listen, there's there's good reasons to transfer sometimes and there's a lot of bad reasons. And it's funny because, you know, I think a lot of the recruiting has now become the transfer portal. And, you know, the problem with that is you're you're catering to, you know, you're almost, you know, for lack of a better way to say it, you almost have to kiss some of these kids' butts who, you know, even if they're playing and doing the right thing, could say, well, I just want to. I don't know, but Woody's not going to kiss any butts, but he's going to get along with these kids. He's a my way or highway guy. That's why the NBA guys used to revolt against him. Do you remember when he was coaching Atlanta? Atlanta, yes, I do. <laughs> In that playoff game where uh, Josh Smith and Joe what was his name? Joe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Johnson. Uh, Johnson. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those guys basically quit on the Hawks and coach Woodson in the middle of a playoff game and stopped trying. They wouldn't guard anybody. They just acted a fool mm-hmm. and that got him fired. Then he had to deal with Carmelo Anthony. If you remember in New York. Yep. Oh, so he's had his issues, but the best thing is, is he's an Indiana Hoosier. That well, he, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he was part of the, uh, you know, the 76 team that went undefeated. He, he, he's part of, listen, he's part of Indiana law, so to speak, you know. Um, and like we said, I think it brings back what the program was. Now, is Mike the perfect guy for that? No, probably not, you know. But is he the right guy now? I, I think so, you know. I, I think... You know, if Indiana was smart years ago, they might have went the Steve Alford route when he was hot, you know, and, and doing things, to, you know, when he was winning a ton of games. 
But they didn't do that. They never. Well, they didn't. Weird. I mean, he. But he would have brought back the same idea, you know. And that's uh, that's what I like about the Mike Woodson. And Mike could coach basketball. Mike knows his stuff. So. Well, I remember Mike man. Woodson in Indiana beating Michigan. Ricky Green and Steve Grody. Do you remember that? I do. I cried that day. Well, just, Mike, what, Mike Woodson was a hell of a player. People don't realize how good a ball player he was. His, a long his time uniform ago. is hanging in the rafters. Right. At Assembly Hall, right? It is. So he could tell people, you know, exactly. You know, the, it's a similar. Yeah, let's put it this way. It's a similar hire to Patrick Ewing, who I think is starting to, you know, mold the Georgetown program after Big John. You know, and, that's and, and that and that's a good thing for Georgetown. So I think you know they made a they made a little dent this year with the run they had in the uh, in the Big East Conference tournament. Obviously, they got uh, beat pretty good in the NCAA's, but I think he's got it going in the right direction. And I think it's you know a similar thing to Mike Woodson. You know, Patrick Ewing. What people didn't realize is he was a, a, a pro assistant for a number of years and on a number of teams to, too. Right before he took the Georgetown job, he could never get a head coaching job in the NBA. But he maybe he doesn't need one. Maybe what he needs to do. They didn't even recognize him at the Garden. He had to show his ID. <laughs> I remember that? That was crazy. That's crazy. But you know what? Good luck to Coach Woodson. He's a nice man. I've had the privilege of meeting him a couple times. I defended him on my radio show when he was having all his troubles with the Knicks. And I think this is a great one for him. Now, you want to talk about the NCAA, though. Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> Where do we listen begin? to this? this Where is do one you want the... to begin? <laughs> well, that's just it. You know something that here's what happened. Oregon State is this great Cinderella team, reached the Sweet 16, got bounced, or I'm sorry, made it to the Elite Eight and got oh, yeah. bounced. Right. And then. They were told they had to leave. After the game, they were told they had to leave the players' hotel that was paid for by the NCAA and board a 1.15 a.m. flight back to Oregon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, like I said, the true colors always come out of this organization, and it's, it's, uh, it's a disgrace. It really is. I mean, uh, if I was Coach Tinkle, I don't know. I would have told him I'm staying. You know, good luck. I'm not. I'm not taking my kids. Who just literally just played a 40 minute battle with a, a really good Houston team, and uh, now I gotta pack. We gotta pack everything up, get on a plane at one in the morning, and you know, for what reason? You know, and the NCA will give you some nonsense about oh, we're getting them back to classes and whatever. That's crap. It's spring break. Call, They're not in right, classes. I, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what the, you'll you'll see some of that nonsense come out. I call bullshit. You know, on that. And, uh, you know, like I always told you the story when we played and, uh, you know, we would stay in terrific hotels when when the school was booking everything. So we, you know, Hilton's and, and Marriott's and, and uh, you know, all over and we make the NCAA tournament and they stuff us in a red roof in. you know, or a Motel 6. And, right. you know, here you go. You know, you win. This is what it's supposed to be about. And, you know. It's it's about money to the NCAA and screw the kids and and you know that's why the, this you know pay the kids stuff is is taking a lot of traction finally and I mean it's not you know I don't think it's anything for you know competitive 
advantages to pay the kids, but let them profit share and all the crap that you're, you're making all this money off of these kids. I mean, you know, you don't realize what, what, maybe 50, 60 kids go to the NBA after they're done playing NCAA basketball. What about the other kids that made you a fortune? You know, well, they don't now, give a crap about that. It's obvious when you throw uh, the kids at when you throw a team like Oregon State out of the, out of their hotel uh, at one in the morning. You know that's that's an obvious and and un- I guess fortunately and unfortunately they're starting to make it obvious how they that they're all about money. I mean, listen, I, I think you know this the weight room thing that went viral is interesting. You know, but you know if you want to look. Um, Dollars and cents, you know, the problem you have there is, listen, the the men's tournament makes them, you know, uh, probably close to a billion dollars. And that's what keeps the NCAA alive these days. And, you know, to put on the women's tournament, it usually costs them somewhere in the neighborhood of two million dollars. So, you know, I, I think. I think it's wrong what they did. I think it's ridiculous what happened. I think that they're just stupid because they don't get the the the, um, the optics of what they do. And again, here's another optic. You know, you're going to take a team that that just made your money, had a great run. It should be a a nice thing for those kids. They should be able to go back after you lose, go back to you know, go to sleep, reflect on the year, and then go in the morning uh, on a normal flight. You know, as opposed to think, getting home at four in the morning. <laughs> you know what they did? They probably did this. They probably technically checked both teams out at four o'clock because the checkout might have been late. Maybe they set that up with the hotels prior. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. And, and this way, they set. Not only do they save money, but they don't care because you're out of the tournament. They can't make money off Oregon State any longer. So I go now in tennis. When my day, when you lost. You were out of the player's hotel that moment. So basically, what you did is you took your bags to the venue, played your match, and then go back and recheck into your hotel. That's what they used to do. Now, though, and no more free meals, no more free zero. I mean, you were done. Now, Mm -hmm. though, now what they do is if you lose in the first round, you get to stay at the venue for the entire week and Mm -hmm. your coach and your entourage. And you get to eat all the food because they say you can stick around and practice. It's They say that. I don't know. What I do know is this. That was a bulldust move by this NC2A. And all the things, they are becoming as big a hypocrites as the United States government. And I got to tell you, I'm washed with all of them. I'm really glad that I don't involve myself. I had so many opportunities to coach college tennis, man. And I turned every one of them down. Now, that doesn't mean I don't go and assist places, help out a friend or two, you know, show some serving techniques or volley techniques. But outside of that, I want nothing to do with those people. Forget them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get exploited enough. And I sure don't need to be exploited <laughs> by these people. That's for sure. That especially willingly. You walk in there, you hand your life over to the NCAA for as long as you were involved. That's just the way it works. It's the way it's always going to work, and it is what it is. But this final four, Scotty, this Houston takes on Baylor. Gonzaga Mm -hmm. takes on UCLA. 
UCLA, I didn't think they were going to beat Michigan. I thought it'd be close. When I talked to the no, phone, Phil, I said they're going to miss thought, Isaiah Livers, I, and that was the night they missed him. I, I thought you I, – I was laughing because you actually did call me and you told me that um, UCLA is going to cover and Michigan's going to win by two with the late shot. Yeah, <laughs> and like I that, thought, yeah. oh, my God, here comes the great one again. He is going to nail this perfectly, and you almost did. You know, I mean, actually, they, they, you know, they missed two good looks, uh, Michigan at the end of the game, a shame. But uh, one, I didn't, one, I was unhappy with Juwan. I thought the one the point guard took early was not a good shot. Um, oh, Smith? And, and that, yeah, I mean. That's the one to, I've been after all year, as you know. I mean, you're going to your, uh, you know, probably fifth player and you're starting five and you let him take the, the shot to win the game. I understand he's moving up the court, but have, they should have had something set up, a pick or whatnot, for someone else to come off. There was plenty of time, you know, sure six was. seconds, you know, plenty of time to to make a to make a good pass for a great shot, and you know, and then of course they had to take the um, the uh, you know the prayer, so to speak, at the end of the game, and and actually the possession before I thought. Um, 55, what's his name, Phil? You know Michigan better than me. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, Clark, I think. Or so, uh, no. He got, um, he got the rebound off the Wagner miss and, and really rushed it. Should have, uh, if he turned and took his time, I think he makes the shot and Michigan goes up one and it's a different, you know, it's a different ending. I think you're right. I can't think of his name, but yeah. But that's been Michigan all year. This is why I thought Isaiah Livers being out. I didn't think Michigan was go as far as they did, but they did. But I'm sure they got bounced out of their hotel as well. Um, I would think so, knowing the And I'm sure Juwan didn't care because after you lose like that, you know, it's better to leave the venue. You don't want to show your face for a couple days. Well, Juwan didn't care probably there because it's all. But, you know, here's the difference, I guess, to me in that one is, you know, you're in Indianapolis to Michigan. You know, it's not, you know, you're going back to Oregon, you know, and especially Corvallis where you're going to have to get on two flights probably. probably one that goes yeah. into Eugene and then one a puddle jumper to Corvallis, you know. So, you know, that's my bigger problem with it. I mean, listen, Michigan, I probably would feel the same way you said, you know. And to be honest, who knows, after the Oregon State debacle, maybe they let Michigan stay at the hotel for the night. But, uh you know, you're right. In a way, I might have been, hey, let's just go. It's a, you know, a 45-minute plane ride or, or a two-hour bus ride. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's get back. Oh, you know, I'm a we'll, guy we'll who go, goes when I coach we'll go sleep in, We'll go sleep in our own beds. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would tell the kids when on Junior Worlds when I was coaching in Greece, I would tell them straight up, let's just get out of here. We got a long flight either way. Why be miserable? We can be miserable on the plane. And, mm-hmm. and know that we left this place, thankfully, because, or in cases where they didn't play well, you didn't leave anything here. So what's the point in sticking around? Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that, you know. Great coaching, you know, putting them down and praising them at the same time. But that was my day. I can still do that, but I don't usually do that anymore. But now here's what we have. Let's start with the first one, the first tournament, the first final or the final four. Mm-hmm. Houston. Baylor. Now, I believe that Baylor is a uh, 
five point home or five point favorites. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's enough, to be honest with you. I think that Baylor is much better than Houston is. I think Houston's playing on a roll. But I think there's been a collision course all season long between Baylor and Gonzaga, and I would be disappointed if that didn't happen. What do you think is going to happen in this game before we give our predictions? Um, I I agree with you. I think uh, Baylor is a better team. I think Baylor's played well. I think they had their, um, you know, one game where they didn't play well and won. Um, So I think they could – you know, I, listen, like everybody else in the country, that's the game I want to see as well. You know, Houston, I mean, uh, Baylor and Gonzaga. You know, it's funny to think about this, though, Phil. Should Houston win and they play the opposite role of what they were about 30 to 40 years ago um, in the in the great NC State upset of Houston, if you remember, Fice Slamma Jamma, which was one of the great college teams to never win it. And could right. you imagine? Could you imagine Houston winning and now playing the underdog role, and and getting that. getting that great getting you know somehow getting that national championship that they never were able to get back in the day? Well, I'll tell you this: you're not going to bet the money line if Houston plays Gonzaga. No, I, I, I'm just throwing it out as it no as that's a, a good story too because you know, i remember a, remember a, yeah, just, running across the court course, like a crazy sure, man looking sure. to hug people sure i mean that's just a storyline i'm throwing out there that could be interesting should there be an upset I, i'm not i'm gonna tell you now i'm going with baylor so i'm not uh playing that way but i, I thought it could be an interesting storyline should it happen that sounds good you know the thing that i'm interested in about this matchup between Houston and Baylor is how many points Houston scores off turnovers and they score 17.2 points per game and only allow 10 points per game Baylor they're tough up there and they score 21 and a half points off turnovers per game but they allow 12.2 now this is only a five point spread Scotty so you're looking at taking two and a half points off that right now so now you're looking at a true line I've come up with is Baylor minus three and a half, and they are listed as five point favorites. Well, what what uh, give me this one, Phil, on on this game because uh, I think it's going to be one on some second chance points as well. Uh, right. Rebounding. What's the rebounding stats on these two teams? Do you have that in front of you? Yeah, they're monsters. Both teams. Uh, monsters. I thought they were both. I thought they were both very good. Um, but Houston is better. Houston averages 40 rebounds a night. And wow. Baylor averages 36. But wow. Baylor so, also shoots 48% from the field. So that's probably why they don't have as many rebounds because they don't get as many offensive rebounding opportunities because their players score points. Mm-hmm. Now, Houston, though, Houston relies on it. The other thing about Houston is they're on an 11-game winning streak. And, you know, that's that's dicey, too. I like Baylor a lot. I really do. I just think that this rebounding edge that they have, and they have, but Baylor has a slight assisted turnover ratio. Edge. You, you know, you know what this line scares you too. It's that it's that number that Houston can play a great game, and you get 
two they, they you know it's it's a two point game they miss a shot they foul it goes to four they come down miss a shot they foul and they lose by six <laughs> you know it's a it's one of those scary lines well that's what's called a key number mm-hmm. many games in the NCAA basketball end in a five point win or loss. Right, because of foul shooting and you know the fouls yeah, at the and, end. And that's another problem that um Houston, I'm not so sure they're a very good shooting team. They've displayed good shooting in this tournament, of course, to win your right. And, right, and that and that, you know, like I, we always say that you're gonna have the one game when you don't shoot well and can you defend and rebound well enough to overcome that. Well you know. they got a mountain of a task because Baylor has the third best offense in the country, according to Kenneth Pomeroy, who is a statistician wonderkin, if you will. Mm-hmm. This is a tough one, man. I don't know. Uh, now, I'm going to tweet out my final predictions on okay. Saturday in the morning. But if I were betting today, I think I might have to give Houston a look. I think you do. I mean, I think that it's worth a look. I mean, I think if we're just picking the game outside the spread, I think Baylor wins. I just think the spread is – it's actually a great Las Vegas spread. You know, if it wasn't the Final Four, you wouldn't touch this game. Well, no, you wouldn't. But here's the other problem. That you line's going to move. Exactly. But would you touch this game with a 10-foot pole if it wasn't in the Final Four? No, but I might take – I might touch that – Ooh, that's I mean, a minus uh, yeah, two ten money line. I don't usually mess with that. What's the? Um, let me ask you this one because it's an interesting play. What? What's the total? Is there a total on this? game? Yeah, there is. It's one hundred and thirty-five points, and I kind of feel like the offenses are better than the defenses, mm-hmm. and I kind of feel like they both pass the ball. I mean, both teams are averaging over 14 assists per game. The problem is is they're averaging a combined 17 steals per game. Mm-hmm. And these points off turnovers, you're looking at an edge here, and that edge is to Baylor. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm going to make up the difference right there. I'm taking Baylor minus five. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. Okay. I, now, folks, what we just did is handicap a basketball game. What we just did is give you a preview of what we're going to do after camp. <laughs> this is what we do in the morning mm-hmm. when I call Scotty and annoy him every day. No, um, not at all. Never annoy So anyway, so here's the story. We've got this one. Now, we've got about – we'll take a little more time. This is the last game. we got four minutes to go. Maybe mm-hmm. we won't need it. Gonzaga and UCLA. Now, the spread here, Scotty, is uh, 14 points for Gonzaga. The line, the money line is minus 1,100 for Gonzaga. Well, you know and where the I'm over, going. And the total is 146. Mm-hmm. You 14 know points. You know where I'm going. You're going with Gonzaga, and you should. See, this I is am. why I saved the best for last and why we could run longer with the other games. Because there's not a whole lot to talk about. Because well, think, USC think of, gave UCLA, it everything they had last night, and they, and they're and I think they're better than UCLA, and they got blown out. 
blown out never, like everybody and else never, gets. And it was, right, and it was never close. The game was never close. And and no. Gonzaga had a couple of their key players in foul trouble, which is amazing. And still, you know, they just they they just they're right now they're a machine. I mean, I love watching them play. I've never seen a team move without the ball pass as well as they do. I mean, they have some great. This Suggs is a phenomenal player. If I'm in the NBA, I'm I'm drooling over that kid because he's a big size kid who could play point guard, really understands the game, um, makes tough shots. Uh, but just the way they play. And I mean, then, you know, you looked at it last night and, and, you know, everyone's talking about their offense and this and that. And my God, their defense was stifling. You know, they, they really shut down USC and then just to, you know, give you a few stats on this, you know, there's been four 11 seeds that have made the final four. Not one has gone to the championship game. Now things could change, but I don't, you know, my opinion is it's not changing. You know, history is going to stay the same there. And I think Gonzaga wins this game by 20 something. And the only thing that scares me on that is, you know, that makes for an amazing national championship game because i don't think gonzaga's been punched in the mouth yet so to speak and they might get punched in the mouth by baylor exactly uh, that's that was my point (laughs) while while we're talking the line has now moved up a half a point to 14 and a half does that Mm -hmm. even make make a difference to you you know normally it would you know i i you know, to me, and you know gambling, I don't like being with Joe Public. No, you um, lose with the public. Right. You know, I think if the line moves up early, that's, you know, and you know this from Vegas and stuff, you know, that's usually smart money moving the line. And you missed it. You know, you missed the smart money bet. Um, when it moves late, it's usually Joe Public. So... Um, you know, it's too early to tell what that move is right away. If that's Joe public or that's the sharp guys. Um, I would tend to think it's probably more of the sharpies cause it's the first day the lines out there. Um, I'm sticking with Gonzaga. I think it's a 20 point win. Um, you know, listen, I, I, I know Mick Cronin personally. I think he's a really good coach. I think, uh, you know, they got a nice team. I think they've gone on a hell of a run and I think they're up against it. You know, the same way I think USC did a nice job. And uh, to me, USC was more talented than UCLA. They just, the length, the, you know, what they had, they played the 2-3 zone. There were some different things that you thought could work against Gonzaga, and it, it didn't. You know, you That's saw right. what they did in that game. So I, I don't think, you know, like I said, I don't think that um, – as they say, UCLA has the horses to play with uh, Gonzaga right now. Yeah, this gives me a chance to teach a little something before we go. You know, there are two lines. There's an opening line, and most sports books offer the opening line. Most sports books don't make their own lines anymore. It comes from a company, one of them anyway, the biggest one, line originators. And what that is is they provide that line to their top bettors first. And that's how they set the line, really. That's the real line. The opening line is, you know, let's see what happens. They go fishing. But Uh now what they do is they see that's sharp money right there. Rarely can the public move a line. Now, I'm not considered a sharp, and I shouldn't be. 
Um, I can't move the line at all. I don't play enough to do that because I have a different philosophy about all this. But that's sharp money there, and I think the sharps are going to keep pounding this. Keep watching this line. If you're going to be interested in these games, watch how it opens. If you go to Vegas Insider, they will tell you the opening line, and then you go from there. There's several other sites that you can watch who's doing what to who for free. Man, I got to go with Gonzaga, dude. And you know the final game? I'm taking Gonzaga the whole way. So am I. I think it's time. 1976 has been a long time. I think it's time you see another perfect season. And and this team, you know, like I said to you, part of the magic too is it is a little lucky that there isn't a huge media presence there. You know, it's a little less pressure to go undefeated. That's that's a good point, by the way. All right, Fees, well done. We have time to wrap it up, all right? You got it. Okay, so here's the story. Send us your most precious gift, and we'll return them better humans. That's what we do at the Sports Academy at Brookwood Camps. We've had large, large number of success stories there. And even the ones that you wouldn't consider success stories, in some cases, are even more successful than our success stories. That's what we do there. We talk. We work with kids. If you don't want to work with kids, Brookwood's not the place for you. If you want your kids coached by people who work with kids and like working with kids, then Brookwood is absolutely the best place for you. I'm Phil Nasons. He's Scott Fiedler. And we'll see you next time on The Canteen. You've been listening to The Canteen with Phil Nasons and Scott Fiedler. Find us on social media at Cash with Flash and at your podcast catcher of choice.